Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Pile Talk Pile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies. I'm Zach, otherwise known as username Zash17. I'm John, jfoster15. And I'm Jason, jsa17. And I'm Jack Underbubble. <laughs> Sounds like he's, my full name. A, you're in a, are you in a tub right now? He's, him and Spongebob live together. He's snorkeling. <laughs> he must be snorkeling. There actually is no story to my name, I just... I was like 18 and I remember when I was 18 once. Yeah, that one time. It was a whole year of that <laughs> actually. That was 6 no years more, ago. Good lord. No less. Don't even talk um, about that, Jack. <laughs> speaking of 18, 2018 is the year that it is currently. And 2018 was a decent year for the Colorado Rockies, but we um we failed to do much in the playoffs. But you know who didn't do who did more in the playoffs? Those gosh darn Boston Red Sox. I think it was the only scenario where you would find a majority of Rockies fans rooting for the Red Sox. Um, <laughs> maybe that and if they were playing the Giants, but I certainly know that I was begrudgingly rooting for Boston to win that series. I mean, they had a good team. I mean, as much as it was Boston, it also felt like, like, they were they all lived on the same floor in college, and you're just a part of like these guys who never do anything too troublesome, but are just really nice, and they all just contribute. And watching Boston play the Dodgers, that were a good team, like the chemistry was there, but Boston was just a good freaking baseball team. Oh my gosh, um. I said it before that it would have, I mean, if, if the Rockies had magically made it to the World Series, Boston would have absolutely demolished them. It would have been a repeat of 07, just 100%. I mean, Boston would have killed them. Except in 07, we scored like more than three runs a couple times. Right. So. Yeah, we, would have, we might have scored less than that. We also gave it a 13 <laughs> one game, so, I mean, there is that. Is that good? It was, <laughs> that was the that was moment good. that I was so upset about making the World Series. But we got a run, right? Yeah, it was 13 to 1. Yeah, I mean, that's more than our usual average in playoff, well, in the division series, because we averaged less than a run a game in the division series. We scored in one in- inning, just like the Dodgers took 18 innings to win one game. So, right. I yeah. mean, I want to say just like, but... I mean, look, I like I'm it, bending the rules here, but it's just like it, I swear. It's not just like it. <laughs> They're a better team than we were. Because all they did was hit home runs and strike out and hit home runs. So basically, John loves the Dodgers transiently. Okay, I love modern baseball, and the Dodgers do modern baseball um, to the extreme. To the, okay. oh my gosh, extreme. I mean, the, the Dodgers were home run or bust. It wasn't, it wasn't three-outcome baseball. It was two-outcome baseball. Hey, they walk. Max Muncy walks. I mean, I... Yeah. I like modern baseball, but at the same time, it's it's also nice to have a little storyline on the bases. Oh. You know? Oh. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people, like, I live in Omaha, for those that don't know, and they did, don't they don't talk about baseball much on the radio, but when they did, they talked about how much better the Red Sox were at playing old school baseball and how that was better for baseball. So, yeah, call me John Smoltz, because I like getting hits that aren't home runs. It's... It's crazy. It's crazy to listen to some of those announcers like John Smoltz, who it doesn't even seem like John Smoltz likes baseball. Yeah, like not even new school baseball. John Smoltz just seems to dislike baseball as a whole. 
I don't dislike new school baseball. I'm not going to go up and say, like, wow, this is a terrible baseball game. I would prefer it the Boston way, and it, and it did win. I mean, Boston hits home runs, too. Let's not, let's not pretend like they don't. They just It's like us JD Martinez only hits it to every single part of the field. Yeah. JD, JD double silver slugger winner Martinez. <laughs> oh man. Seriously, you couldn't give it to an outfielder? Like Right. I mean, just pick just pick another guy that was good. Literally Aaron Judge. Shot. I'm I'm honestly <laughs> like pretty shocked he did not win one. It's it's weird too because it feels like then you're just robbing a guy that actually played outfield. I mean, what did what did JD play? Like fifty some odd games in the outfield. He played um, apparently two hundred nineteen innings in the outfield and played, quote unquote, three hundred sixteen innings at DH because you only play in one inning as a DH. Right. So two hundred nineteen innings is less than. I mean, it's like twenty three full games. So um, it feels like you're only playing like if you're the DH, you only play point three innings of a game then. It, and then, like, yeah, on average, you'll probably play, like, a little bit over, like, 0. .38 or something like that. But, yeah. Which I guess is actually technically anything, but still. Yeah. So, on that Silver Slugger award front, though, and speaking of the 2018 Rockies, uh, Trevor Story won a Silver Slugger, Nolan Arenado won Silver Slugger, and then um, Mr. 300, Herman Marquez, won a Silver Slugger. There we go. Yeah, Jack, were uh, Reds fans happy with that? Uh, Reds fans were not happy with that. And uh, my comment on that is, uh, like, I feel like a reliever really shouldn't win it. It'd be like, it's like the J.D. Martinez thing where it's like, you know, you really weren't playing all that much at that position. Like, you know, Michael Lorenzen pitched, what, like 60 innings? Like, I... I I, I don't know. And also, it's super hilarious because Michael Lorenzen is a genetic freak that Looks like Michael Phelps had an accident in a nuclear plant. Like, I just don't see why Michael Lorenzen should have gotten it for that reason. Like, a reliever's never won it. So, in his defense, as a reliever, he had, like, 31 at-bats, I think, which for a reliever, 31 at-bats is a ton. And it was only about half of what Marquez had. But you're right that it's going to be... And I said it to you guys, if you're a starting pitcher that bats 300 over the course of an entire you're season, good. you're going to win the Silver Slugger. You just are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I don't, it's not the same thing as, the D, as J.D. Martinez winning outfield because who the heck's voting J.D. Martinez for the outfield in the Silver right. Slugger? That's on the voters. Well, if, well also, how many, how many plate appearances does every other relief pitcher in Major League Baseball have? Probably the same amount as Lorenzen. <laughs> Probably less, just because the Reds do use Lorenzen as a legit pinch hitter. <laughs> I was going to say, do you guys want to hear a fun fact? I would love to. Is uh, Lorenzen has more uh, Fangraphs war in hitting this in batting this year than pitching. So for pitching, he has point <laughs> oh. three. For batting, he has point four. He really should be a two way player. He could be. Right. He's the he's the new Shohei Otani. Oh yes. So, but then it also <laughs> means like, why don't you just have like. The DH award. They, I mean, they did. <laughs> they, they gave but it to like, him twice. Did he take it away? I mean, just it doesn't make sense that the voters would vote for JD Martinez for the outfield. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Is like he's not really an outfielder. Yeah, they should, and and to the point that they maybe should have. He only should have been on one of those ballots, not mm-hmm. 
both. Like you got to figure out where. Like you wouldn't vote Javi Baez for second base and short, and you know what I mean. Like that's not gonna happen. Yeah. You could have like a you know um, a bench bat of the year. That'd be a fine award to have. But Pat it seems Valenka. like this is the year. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna have JD Martinez, who's an outfielder, but not really win Silver Slugger, then you might as well have two people win first base. Oh, did Which that happen, happen, Zach? I, I, I think they just split it down the middle, and one of the people got the webbing of the gold glove, <laughs> and the other one got the fingers. Just the fingers. Just the fingers. <laughs> Rizzo got the fingers. Of course. Rizzo always gets the fingers. <laughs> Rizzo always gets the fingers. It, it's, um, it's, I mean, it is. It's a, strange, it's a strange thing for him to be on two ballots. It's a strange thing for guys to split a gold glove. And then speaking of the gold gloves, um, DJ won a gold glove. And then obviously Arnado, I, you know, is six for six now. Uh, I think a lot of people were rightfully upset um that Baez didn't win it and i think a lot of people were rightfully happy that dj won it like i can see both sides of the fence there um i think Baez got caught by kind of what gd martinez should have gotten caught by in that he just played so many different places that he didn't play a ton of second base whereas dj Uh obviously only played second base um and then Arenado winning, like you could make a case for a couple other guys, like Rendon, for example. But um, who wasn't even a finalist? He, yeah, but you're not going to take. I mean, you're also not. It's not like Nolan didn't earn a Gold Glove and just got fluked into it. It was he did well. You could just make arguments for other guys as well. This was the one year, though, I think, where you could say like Nolan Arenado didn't wholeheartedly, no doubtedly deserve Gold Glove because there was like there's a couple of like really easy lapses that you could see on his part mm-hmm. I, yeah yeah he definitely it seemed he seemed more error prone like you weren't um there were throws across the diamond that it used to be like you could just turn away because no one was going to make that throw and there were a couple this year that you were a little nervous about yeah uh-huh. as long as no one stays in the nl he's going to win on reputation alone just regardless of how good or bad he is on defense for a few years so even if he has a repeat of 2018 for the next three years still going to win the gold glove in the National League unless Matt Chapman all of a sudden shows up in the National League. Just up in the NL. Yeah. Uh, just going back to Marquez really quick on the Silver Slugger out of curiosity I looked at just plate appearances for pitchers and he had the le- 11th most plate appearances among pitchers and then I mean it's obviously going to be guys like Max Scherzer and DeGrom and Granke and Michaelis and then Kyle Freeland rounds out the top five. So it's, you know, it's, it's, you have to be a good pitcher to get a lot of plate appearances because you have to pitch deep into games. So just going back on that, that he had the 11th most plate appearances among pitchers and hit 300, like you're going to win it. Yeah. It gets me to this argument that I'm always going to lose um, that makes me say, like, Marquez is actually a decent hitter. You should pinch hit him. But then he gets injured, and you're like, "Why the hell did you pinch hit him?" I think maybe the, the maybe the one argument against pitch hitting Marquez is that yeah, he can bat 300, but he doesn't do it with a lot of power. You know, his ISO is 050. So, but what's his launch angle? Because I bet it's more than two. <laughs> but it's positive. It's higher than Desmond's. Oh. He finished positive though, didn't he? 
Yeah, the only person who was negative as a qualified batter was Eric Hosmer. I was just going to say it had to be Hosmer, right? Oh, negative that's super 1. hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Padres. Yeah. They could have been a contender. Uh, that was not a great free agency signing. It's. I have a couple friends that are big Royals fans, and if you even broach the subject that Hosmer isn't a very good, like he's an average baseball player, but he's not great, he's you can make the argument he's not even very good. They just, Royals fans just freak out at that prospect, even now that he's with the Padres, but he's not. I mean, he and he goes he goes back and forth between, you know, a couple war seasons to a negative war season to a couple war seasons to a negative war season. I mean, he has no consistency. He's not a, that signing is worse than a couple signings we've made, I think. You can say it. You can say it. It's, it's worse okay. than the Desmond's. It is worse than the Desmond signing. Oh, here, Jason, you can say it. <laughs> it's worse than how bad was that Desmond signing? There was this, there was these awards for the worst uh, batter at the position, or something that came out. Um, y- yeah, and what do they call Desmond those? won that. I know I what you're talking about. Well, you know what I'm talking about. I did not know how bad Eric Hosmer's year was. Yeah, it was, uh, bad. It was bad. 95 weighted runs created plus, which granted is, you know, uh, better than Desmond, but minus 0.1 war. And they still have to pay him another uh, $124 million for the next seven years. Don't worry, there's yeah. an opt out after year five. It's okay. I mean, we'll you look see at- if he can even use that. <laughs> If you look at the Desmond signing versus the Hosmer signing, the other so the other side of it is the Hosmer signing was eight years, um, but in the first five years of the contract, he makes a hundred million dollars. Uh, so well, he actually makes a hundred and five million dollars. So if you put the Desmond contract side by side with the Hosmer contract, they're paying Hosmer thirty five million dollars more in the same time period, and he's this about the same player that Desmond and he's slightly better than Desmond but about the same player for 50% more well and to be fair to Ian Desmond if we didn't play him at first base he probably would be a average he would probably be a zero war player right because he's getting Mm. hurt at first base because he should be a slugger like like Mm -hmm. when you grade that stuff out first base is supposed to be a guy that hits not an Ian Desmond yeah he hit that one home run that one time though remember he hit that one game winner against the Nationals and then yeah. Drew Creaseman declared that that made it worth. It. Well, he hit the and he hit the walk off against San Diego, which that's what he does. He hits walk offs or he hits he, against he, San Diego. If you look at clutch stats on Fangraphs and how much in, how much you trust those clutch stats is up to you. But if you look at clutch stats on Fangraphs, Desmond was our most clutch hitter this year. Nice. Uh, and Paro was our second most clutch hitter. Nice. That sounds so, surprising. They were terrible. Like in big spots, those guys stepped up. It's just that in everyday play, they didn't. I mean, the other problem with the Rockies is that like you can't step up if there's nobody on base. Right. That, that and that's you. the 2018 Rockies. They just can't. Gosh darn it. Yeah, getting on base anything. is important. I hear. And I mean, <laughs> and then the ending, the very ending of our season was just kind of felt like our season in a nutshell of that game three at Coors Field that it was a it was a playoff game and it almost wasn't even fun to be there because of the product that was on the field like it wasn't it wasn't exciting anymore and even the Brewers fans weren't really that excited I'm like you guys could like do like something you know right they probably, the I first, mean it wasn't even it wasn't even like fun like no hit like things it was just like 
You guys really suck, don't you? This is boring, yeah. It was fun having beers on the rooftop. It was fun for the first, like, three innings when everybody was into it and whipping their towels. And then after that, it, well, yeah, it was. It was like, this team looks awful. The Brewers <laughs> are clearly going to beat them. It's cold. Like, it just... I'm glad I went to a playoff baseball game, but I've certainly been to better baseball games that were unimportant regular season games. You know what I don't get? Um, the Brewers just fired all their, all their coaches. They all just left right. because apparently the Brewers... Run out or ownership, I guess, didn't want to match pay. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting strategy the year after making the NLCS. I would be fine with them not contending again, and because their coaches all left. I feel bad for the Brewers um, because you know obviously they want to be competitive and they really went for it. But Milwaukee's population isn't all that high, right? So they don't have. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think they're the smallest media market as far as Metropolis. Yeah, and they have, like, obviously they have, like, the Wisconsin pole. Um, it's not much of a baseball state, so they kind of have that problem going for them. But their payroll is only, like, $100 million or something around there. So it's like, I don't know if they're that poor. And I think it's just honestly being, like, having, like, cheap ownership at this point. Um so I just feel bad for Brewers fans. Well, so they're actually there's six hundred thousand people basically in Milwaukee, where there's only four hundred twenty-two thousand in Minneapolis. Yeah, the the Minneapolis St. Paul metro area is like three million people, um, but at the same time, like they get North Dakota and South Dakota, which yeah. I know isn't a lot of people, but they still get them. They're still people. There's a fan every 30 miles. Yeah, I mean, I can't talk. I'm from Nebraska. So. <laughs> and, and so Minneapolis has never your- paid that, or Minnesota Twins have never paid that much. Um, what's weird is they have, like, roughly an equivalent metro area to um, the Denver metro area, although our payroll has exceeded, like, 150, might be 160 this year. I don't think the Twins have ever exceeded 120. Yeah, it'd be interesting to go into the Rockies payroll and what they might be able to do with it next year. And we will go into that after the break. All right. Welcome back to the rock pile talk pile. Um, we're here to, to, to talk Turkey and see about who gets a drumstick and who gets a wing <laughs> in the Rockies payroll. It should be noted that Zach just spent the break talk gobbling <laughs> with his hands, not not like just like walking around his apartment with his hands doing it. I wasn't walking. It was in one position. I went, gobble, That's why gobble, I said gobble. you weren't walking. That's why I just wanted people to know. I'm a regular amount of weird, not super. <laughs> uh, so we talked a little bit about. I was going to bring this up really quick before um, we get into money because we talked about market size of milwaukee and everything like that um two years ago Fangraphs estimated t- uh, tv revenue for each team um on a yearly basis and the dodgers projected tv revenue was 200 million dollars uh conversely the rockies was 20 million dollars um, <laughs> and the third well tied for last in the league they estimated uh, the rockies the Miami Marlins 
and the Tampa Bay Rays, who are two teams that you don't want to be associated with when it comes to money, nope. <laughs> uh, as the smallest TV contract. So when you're talking about some of that money, something that plays into it certainly is the TV contract you're getting. And something to think about is either after this season or next season, the Rockies TV deal expires. So hopefully it's something that they can leverage. So inflation, baby, hook us up. Yeah. So speaking of money, here's what we have committed as of right now for 2019 is officially 86, just shy of $86.5 million. Um, that is not including arbitration numbers. Um, if you guys want to look at MLB trade rumors, they're usually pretty good for arbitration numbers. Um, they have Nolan Arenado breaking the arbitration record and making $26 million next year. $26 million on a contract is a lot of money. $26 million in arbitration is... Boy, like, that's just insane. Record setting. Legitimately. It's going to be $3 million estimated, $3 million more than what Josh Donaldson got his final year. It's crazy. Um, and then that's Trevor Story will be in his first year, which is just shy of 6.5. Dad Bettis, 3.2. And John Gray, 3.2. Tyler Anderson, 2.9. Russin, 1.7. Oberg, not Onoberg, 1.2, and Wolters 1.1. And then $1.5 million for Gerardo Parra's buyout puts us at about $132.5 million committed to 2019 before free agency and trades and all that. So so 132.5, we were at 155 for the 2018 season, and there's been talks that there would be a slight increase. Modest so growth. Modest growth. So if you assumed like an inflation increase of 4% or 5%, we, we were talking about maybe 162.5 million, which would give the Rockies $30 million to play with in the off season. And with so that, Jeff has also talked about kind of the direction of the off season. I'm going to be a little bit more offense focused. Um, Did you put quotes around talked? <laughs> Jeff uh, whispered vaguely about, hinted at he, he vaguely alluded to he never really speaks on anything with a ton I swear of, if he learned sign language he would cut off all his fingers <laughs> <laughs> no yeah he uh, yeah he doesn't really talk a lot about things and anything he says has a lot of uh, kind of grain of salt to it so when he says you know it's going to be a little bit more offense focused um, we can assume that when, you know, kind of in the same way that he said, we're going to be a little bit more focused on the bullpen last season, it's probably going to make up a sizable portion of the um, uh, of the new payroll ad. So uh, we are going to talk about the four different areas that we think you could kind of improve upon, um, specifically catcher, uh, center field, or corner outfield, and then first base um now and so we'll we'll start off with catcher here um with catcher there's uh like two very distinct tiers of people that the rockies should go after obviously at the very top there's the grandal the ramos and the real mudo and you know um each of them is going to run three or four well grandal and ramos at least are going to run three or four year contracts um ramos is probably going to get 13 or 14 million dollars a year grandal's going to get you know 17 million dollars a year probably so um if you were to commit to those, that would probably be your big grab of the offseason. Um, obviously, Grandal's good because he uh, hits a lot of fly balls. He's an elite framer. He's good defensively, constantly putting up four or five uh, uh, war years uh, in terms of the uh, baseball perspectives war. He's never had a weighted runs created plus below 100. 
Um, that's also a very, very fun fact um, for getting more catcher production. Um, Ramos is bat first. He uh, puts up very good numbers. Um, he is a ground ball hitter, though, uh, which means he probably won't get much of a boost at Coors. Um, and he also has injury concerns. Torres ACL, he was out for half 2017. Um, not all that durable as of late. Um, he's not a great pitch framer, but he is decent behind the plate defensively. Um, and then obviously you've got the second tier uh, with Suzuki, Maldonado, and uh, Chirinos. Each other's probably going to run you, what, 5 to $8 million a year, maybe one or two years. Suzuki being the bat first um, kind of guy. Maldonado being the uh, defense first kind of guy. Literally has no bat to speak of. Um, and then Trinos kind of somewhere. He's a little bit of a downgrade to Suzuki. Um, I don't even know enough about Trinos to talk about him. Um, then obviously you got the third tier of people, like people you probably shouldn't make your starters. That'd be McCann, Jonathan Lucroy, Weeders, Hanley Mezzarocco. So you kind of want to focus on uh, the top tier. Um, for us to talk about Rio Moto, he's obviously good. Um, you you all he's know obviously that. good. Um, so what do you guys think? I have a quick thing. You know, Yasmani Grandal's weighted runs created plus is always above 100 because we have terrible catchers right now in, in the league. Also, like yeah, catching is is certainly um, without any like facts to back it up. Certainly seems like the weakest offensive position in baseball, and I th- it feel it almost feels like there's a big drop off between what you would consider second place because outside of outside of catcher, I wouldn't be like oh, and then it's second baseman. I would just be like it's catcher, and then yeah, you have to tell me. Mike Petriello did an article where he poor. showed that this was the third worst two thousand seven eighteen. Was the third worst offensive season from a ca- from the catching position as a whole in the history of baseball, modern history, nineteen twenty on. It's bad. So just yeah, terrible. Um, so I mean, obviously, so if we're trying to sign a guy who's well, the good problem and with, there's nobody good out not there. Not the problem. What the, are even the chances? The biggest downside to signing a Yasmani Grandal is he does have a qualifying offer attached to him. If we exceed $50 million, how much payroll we have and how much payroll the... Yes, he, it'll be 64, Which 65, will. somewhere around there for four years. Um, we're going ha- to give up... I think it's a second-round pick now with this new rules. Yeah. Yes, and the international slot bonus money, round. which... And 500 k international money. I mean that's well, uh, a, the, a lot of the way that these teams that don't have great <laughs> minor league systems are boosting them. So it does come with a downside, but you are hurting the Dodgers in the end. Hopefully they don't go out and trade for Real Muto. But you are hurting the Dodgers in the end. He is the best catcher on the market by a sizable mar- margin because of pitch framing and his offense. The thing like, about because of his home runs. in baseball prospectuses war. He's been a top 10 player in all of baseball for like three years now. The thing about Grandal is that, you know, you're talking about big market teams too that need a catcher. Um, and being that he's one of the biggest prizes on the market, I mean, yeah, $16 million a year probably lands him, but there's some other team out there just trump that because he is the best cat he might he's one of the best catchers in baseball certainly the best free agent 
catcher right now. If you and like you said, has been top ten WAR for three years in a row. The the like selling the point is like he's the he's the guy you want. You say, any chance for him? Do you dislike the, the reason? Dodgers? And if he says ah, they're okay, then you say let's stick it to him. But let's do it. But and I guess the Rockies could also, I mean, with what they're with what they have at catcher, he's your primary catcher. You know, you could tell him you can catch as many yeah, you can catch as many games as you want to catch this year. So the other thing I think is like, hey, I know you've had well, how do you how do you get a, a catcher? So you like Kyle? So Freeman? I know you've had Kershaw, but you know, like you, everything Yeah, I was gonna say he's a Kyle Freeland guy. The other thing is like you have Freeland and Marquez, you have a young pitching staff, and you can say I have all this great talent I could make work. And one of the reasons I think it actually might happen yeah. is, you know, we signed Wade Davis last that's, year. That's Yeah, that's a good point. And who thought that was really going to happen? I'd be, I'd be curious with Grant Dahl, too, with the young guys. Um, you know, there were certainly games last year where it felt like Freeland wasn't getting calls he should be getting. Or there was a game when Senzatella just, it was like there was strikes down the middle and he wasn't getting the calls he should be getting. Um, you got guys like John Gray. Anderson that nibble the corners, John Gray. Like a guy like Grandall that's a good pitch framer that suddenly has that core of young pitchers to work with and just make better through what a good catcher he is could be really exciting to watch. Especially with the finesse pitchers. Um, because we have three of them, right? We've got Bettis, uh, Tyler Anderson, and Kyle Freeland, who, Freeland. and Sensatella, actually, who all need to live on the corners and the only to one be uh, successful because otherwise they'll get blown away. And you can encourage Shaw to like do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Grandall's game calling, too, everything like that. I mean, Kyle Freeland is obviously a guy that induces soft contact, but a guy like Grandall that's good at that can only help him be better at that. I mean, there's just so many things about Grandall that would be so awesome for the Rockies, and he would be a fit. Yeah. Like, he'd be a great fit. I yeah. just wonder if he would sign here. It's his choice. And and there's issues with that because of how much competition there is on the market. Like, the literal 2017 world champion Astros are in the market for a catcher, and they've already met with Grandall. They've already talked to... Uh, Miami about Riamuto. Like, they are going to make a splash. The Astros are not the kind of team, in my opinion, that's going to sign a Martin Maldonado. I, I hope this is an old, old take exposed sort of thing, but I don't think they'll sign Maldonado. <laughs> old take. You know, they're going to, if Next they don't have a good catching you. prospect, which they don't, I think they're just going to say, he's, he's, he's got some he's stats. Whatever. I mean, they're obviously in the market for it because I'm looking at the 2019-2020 MLB free agents Ooh, uh, for the catcher and the best catcher young on, the market on the market is Young Gomes. now. Uh, but he, he has a club trade. option. So he's not... Yeah, yeah he's tech... Eh. Um, I don't know. The Indians will probably yeah. charge an arm and a leg for him. Uh, so I would probably not do that. But otherwise, you're looking at the, the best guys you can get. 33-year-old Jason Castro... 34-year-old Francisco Cervelli. Like, the catching market is bad. So, like, if you're going to go in, you got to go in now. Because Real Muto, uh, I mean, yeah, he's probably going to cost you Brendan Rodgers and Lambert, and there's really not a whole lot of waves around that. But if you have the opportunity to get catchers that do this in a position where the Rockies, what were they, like 28th or 20, like 28th or 29th in catcher productions, like, 
it really can't get worse. What you should True. really try, I mean, you know, and upgrade that position a lot while you have. I the wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be that mad with Cervelli actually. I know he's like old and kind of terrible, yeah, but he's like you not. Can, I feel it'd be a slight. Yeah, I feel upgrade. like you'd get the same. We don't know that he's actually available. Production That's from Machuinos and Suzuki for five million dollars. Yeah, I feel like you could get. Trainers yeah, it's really won't have prospects. I like and granted, they might not be great prospects, but you know, you could have a, I don't know, name a, you could have a Paul Goldschmidt in there that you didn't know about. Did you guys read the JT Real Muto Fangraphs article? All the trades involving uh, JT the Real Muto. Did you see the part yeah. about the Rockies? No, there isn't. Oh, a, there isn't a part the about the Rockies because right? they don't even think Fangraphs, they don't even think the Rockies are going to get Fangraphs the Does not like the seven Rockies, teams listed. That's a secret because they're not a very analytical team, which makes it. He loves that the Rockies are weird. Jeff, Sol- Jeff, Jeff loves. Sullivan loves the Rockies. <laughs> he everybody loves talking about like why why are you guys so dumb? It's it's funny though because Jeff Sullivan. Obviously enjoys writing about the Rockies, and then every time he yeah, writes about the Rockies, he laments the fact that it, the article is not going to get read because <laughs> there's just <laughs> there's not many Rockies fans, and so he writes about yeah. him like the Rockies read Rockies fans read about him, but other people just eh. <laughs> this is gonna be like I would bet like three quarters know. of the country. I hope did you guys the see that the, there was a the post on the baseball year. sub, Aww, and somebody wrote about that. who would be the next team to win their first World Series, and under the Rockies, the guy wrote. Uh, something about how the Rockies aren't ready to contend. It's like, we just made back-to-back playoff appearances. What do you mean we aren't ready to contend? Back-to-back playoffs. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. if, you ha- if we have a league average offense next year, we're in the playoffs again, you feel like, assuming that the pitching shows up. I mean, Well, the league average is kind of dependent that's a discussion on, for another day. on Bud Black. <laughs> I mean, even if we... It, it is... His getting, but even if we sign a catcher, for, yes. his getting nominated for Major of the Year was a big surprise. So strange. Because <laughs> even if we sign a catcher and or another person in the offense, you got to put him in the right place and play him adequate numbers of time. And right now yes. we have. Well, the, I don't know about the, the order. Is the worst production at first base? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it Chris was. Davis. It was the Orioles right well, ahead of us. Yeah, in being Behind very us. bad at yeah. first base, and they finished like sixty-seven games out of first or something like that. Yes, that's and that's not a joke. It was more than sixty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so even though like we are second worst, we still have Ian Desmond, and I think Jason was talking about uh, a take about um, Desmond's contract money this year. I'll be curious to see now that I mean we still have forty million dollars left on the books for Desmond, so we still have a majority of his contracts. But he made twenty two million dollars last year, which was his highest paid year. And I'll be curious to see now that he's making a little less um, if they won't roll him out as much. I mean, if the Rockies need to acknowledge a sunk cost fallacy at some point and say, "Look, yeah, we already spent the money. The guy's been bad." Like we can put him on the bench and find better options because better options, like you're going to be paying him no matter what. So it's not like you should roll him out there because you're paying him. You can still roll out Ryan McMahon or 
you know, whoever to play those positions and leave Desmond on the bench and you're going to pay him regardless. So I'm hoping that they'll, with, with the reduction in what he's making per year, maybe they'll uh, take a step back and say, hey, let's not play this guy 160 games. I don't I mean, think any Rockies fan is going to be mad he's playing a little bit less. No, none. Like, no Rockies fan is going to go, oh my gosh, why aren't you playing? Well, Drew Creaseman will, but other than that, no Rockies fan is going to be out honestly, there going, why aren't you, you playing? If you started him against right-handed today? pitching every single he's time, he's such a spark. He had a 109 way of the, plus last year against right-handed, or left-handed pitching, excuse me. Yes. Left-handed so we literally we have this platoon of guys that because Ryan McMahon, oddly enough, also didn't hit righties well, but hit lefties well. So we have this mm-hmm. weird platoon of a guy that can hit righties well and a guy that can hit lefties well, despite that being a reverse split because there's it's, a lefty it, righty hitting a lefty righty. It's staring um, you in the face. It, why not roll that out? There's statistical evidence in one of the worst offensive years ever for a first baseman that you're going to get at least semi-okay production offensively against left-handed pitching with one guy. Use him only in that situation. And, and if you don't do that... That's a Bud Black thing. The, the nice thing about first base right now is that there aren't really many teams that are in the market for a first baseman. Um, it is pretty much just us and us and <laughs> maybe the Yankees, depending... Uh, we haven't seen the I'm Pretty sure John Heyman's tweeted about it like um, five different times, but he's only talked about Paul I mean, so. Luke Voigt. Yeah. It looks... And what, what the tweet was today was so. that the Yankees haven't even inquired about Goldschmidt. Like, they're rolling with Luke Voigt. Right. So your, Luke Voigt. your competition is none. You don't have any. And yet there are available first basemen. Like... On the market alone, you've got Matt Adams and Let's forget uh, about him. Steve Pierce. And I, I think Steve Pierce is going to Red Sox, so that's uh, yeah. irrelevant. But Matt Adams is a big boy that hits right-handed Gee. pitching hard. And he will cost you $4 million for like a year. Like So cheap. Yeah, he's, he's not going to cost you anything. And if you want to go with the big spender route, which I really don't think you have to, um, you can look at the trade market. You've got Brandon Belt. Um, who may possibly be on Lady. the market. We haven't seen um, Farhan. Uh, I do not know how to say his last name. Zaidi, thank Zaidi. you. Uh, we haven't seen him really talk that much about the direction. He was like, uh, Madison Baumgartner is an integral piece, but also literally anything is on the table. <laughs> um, so, you know, we don't know what he's going to do yet. But at the same time, Brandon Belt's the odd man out. He's making $16 million. They need to move Buster Posey to first because uh, his hips are broken. And they have Aramis Garcia and they have Joey Bart coming off the pipe. So it makes sense to move him. But they don't have anywhere to move him to but to the Rockies. Now his contract. Will, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I just was you talking about the contract really quick. Uh, the contract is sweet. Um, he's going into his age 30 season and he has three years left on the contract for $16 million a year, and he has been worth that contract so far and hasn't really showed signs of slowing down. He had a career-high uh, fly ball rate, career-high hard hit rate last year. The man is still good, and he's getting better, and his approach at the never, plate is getting never. better. Like, how many times did you see him swing at something out of the zone? You don't. He would be perfect, and he destroys right-handed pitching, which the Rockies desperately need because last year they were 30th in baseball in hitting right-handed pitching. Go ahead, Jason. So when you talk about Brandon Bell and you talk about, I mean, the con- like yeah, like you were saying, the contract's good. He's young-ish. He hits right as well. My biggest thing is always going to be 
watching Giants fans have to root against Brandon Belt because be so confused when they with the first time he hits a home run against them at Coors Field they're not they're going to implode on themselves because they're not going to know what to do he will and he definitely will. is going to cry maybe in the booth um <laughs> I, I my biggest thing on Belt is not even the baseball part of it the, it's yeah not only are we getting like legitimately like top five first base, yes. maybe top eight first base. Pretty league, good. You also get to mess with literally every Giants fan. Well, hey, it's you mentioned one time that half of the Giants subreddit thinks Brandon Belt is awful. Half of them think he's an MVP. So then you'll have that whole conversation going on too. If, like, is he only good because of Coors? Is he, you know, yes. like it just would it would rankle the Giants fans so much, and all of that would be worth it. And he's gonna hit three hundred at Coors because fly balls have like I remember reading this that they have a batting average of like one seventy at AT and T. So like the fly balls there suck. Yeah. But fly balls at Coors have a slugging of like 680. <laughs> the, so man, the man can't uh, do it. Desmond Cheese. Brandon oh, Bell. I'm talking. I start. Look at yeah, that ground ball percentage just way down at 24. 24% ground ball percentage, 47.2 fly ball percentage. That's really, really Did you want to talk about Ian yeah. Desmond for a second? Well, I guess where I was going with Desmond is that, I mean, his ground ball take, percentage is, is three times higher than Brandon Bell's. Yeah, it takes three. Oh, my God. It's it. You'll never make sense of the Desmond contract because of things like that. Here's another one: is that uh, oh. Belt only had a 17.3 percent soft hit He's, rate. This man was 41.2 for medium Field. and 41.5 hard hit percentage. So basically, 83 yeah, 83 percent of the balls he hit were at least a medium contact. Like he really is. He is. He is that guy in Coors could mash. Uh, and right. one thing that uh, I also really like about Brandon Belt is with a lot of fly ball hitters, you tend to see a lot of infield fly balls. Um, do you have that pulled up in front of you, Jason? What's his infield fly percentage? I'm, his infield fly ball percentage is 4.4%. Right. Yeah. That is really low. So you're not getting a lot of two low specials out of him, which is also great. That's like Joey Votto numbers and even like not even quite there. There was a point in Joey Votto's career that he didn't fly out the infield for like three and a half years. Seriously. <laughs> you know, this is crazy about Belt is his uh, – he pulls forty yeah, percent of the him. time, center thirty percent of the time, oppo thirty percent of the time. You so can't shift that hard. Yeah, he just is everywhere. That that is impressive. That so, is actually thing that I'm more impressed with. Like everything else you guys have said, like well, maybe, but I don't know. Sixteen million versus versus Matt Adams six million. Uh, Matt Adams uh, is projected to get three point five. For one year, Matt Adams three point five million. He signed a minor league contract last year, I think, um, with the Nationals. So, you know, I think that Belt and Adams are the two most obvious fits. Um, I don't know what Belt will cost you in prospects, um, just because of how little demand there is for a first baseman. Um, I don't think the Giants would have a ton of leverage. I mean, they could always keep him and I guess platoon him with Buster because Buster's probably not going to be a catcher next year. But if I- yeah, that'd be a really, really, really expensive platoon at first base. I, I would um, guess. So I'd imagine they have not take Rogers, some motivation. But I would guess the headliner would so, be Lambert or, well, probably Lambert. I'm okay giving up. You'd, you'd, really you'd be upset with Lambert, Lambert, John. But right. I'm okay giving up him. I'm more okay giving him up than I am Welker just because Welker is the first baseman. So if you're giving up Welker... 
I would want him to be for someone who can play his position eventually. So a Welker for Brand- a Welker led package for Brandon Bell would be fine with me. But I think Dighty and the Giants would want Lamb. Uh, really quickly, uh, I made the joke about Votto's infield fly ball percentage. Do you know his infield fly ball percentage was last season? Two. Zero point zero. Oh my god! Jesus, his, god. his career infield fly ball percentage is one point one percent. I have a, I have a slightly burning take, because when nice. there's burning, there's a fire, and then when there's a fire, there's a Justin Smoke. There we go. That's who I was going to talk about next. Justin Smoke is the uh, current first baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays. I'll take it, Jack. He has. Oh, sorry. Were you gonna? <laughs> no, no, it works. <laughs> okay. Uh, one. His contract uh, is just one year, eight million dollars. Um, that's all that's left. Um, does he cost you that many prospects? I don't know. Um, he is not as good as Brandon Belt. Uh, lower fly ball percentage, lower hard hit rate. Um, he's not. A, he's not a good defender like Brandon Belt is. Um, you know that kind of thing. So I think he'd be a little bit of a downgrade from Brandon Belt, but I think at this point you could pick up any first baseman except Chris Davis and make him an upgrade to Ian Desmond. Um, so I wouldn't complain. Um, you know, and then you've also got uh, CJ Crone, um, who's a right-hander. I don't know. I, I think you really need to solve the uh, Rockies issue versus right-handed pitching. So if you're going first base, you should go lefty. Um, you've also got Justin Bauer, Bauer, Boer. Boer. I don't know how to say his name, um, but he, uh, the Phillies have 27,000 first basemen and they need to trade <sighs> some of them. And I don't think Reese Hoskins is available. In fact, I know Reese Hoskins isn't available. Um, <laughs> so I think that the best one you could probably go for there is uh, Boer because he doesn't have hey. uh, Santana's god awful contract. Um, in fact, Justin Boer has two years of arbitration left and he's actually to get paid $5 million this year. Um, Abreu is the last guy. I don't think the White Sox are trading him, but he is projected to be paid $16 million, um, and he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, but he had a bad year last year in comparison yeah. to what he has been accustomed to. Um, that's kind of Abreu had a bad year. Boar had a poor second half, right? Yeah, Boar mm. was garbage, and he was terrible for Philly because he's not a pinch hitter, like and that's that how they were using him like off the bench. And then Justin Smoke, I feel like I spent all year seeing Toronto fans just hate on Justin Smoke. Yeah, maybe player maybe. to be named level prospect. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I not shoot. I mean, the Boar Boar would you have to think Boar is cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If they, they were because well, they have him, to offload him. Belt. And I yeah. think he would go smoke second. I don't dislike smoke though. Like, I mean, he had a decent. He's had two really good years. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think it's just a Toronto thing. He's at 121. He runs created last year, 133 the year before. So what were they all complaining um, about over there in Toronto? Um, not enough poutine. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're putining us on or. You know. <laughs> Um, well, so the thing I like about Justin Smoke also is he, he is a, uh, switch hitter. Mm. And I wonder if he can, he's pretty 
level. I mean, he's 235 from to lefties and 245 to righties. Yeah. You know who else is a switch hitter who's available, but he doesn't quite fit the mold of a first Lamar. baseman, but is a switch hitter and also plays many, many different positions. Oh, here he's we go. worth one, one Mar, Marwin Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of just Marwin. smoke around that I, see, one. I mean, it, it, it almost feels like when you read media reports and tweets and all that stuff that it's a foregone conclusion. God, I love that man when he talks. Why are you wearing a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> when did we all turn into the Scott Boris podcast? God, so great. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Boris said today that whatever team signed Harper needed to he used Bryce a bunch of nautical uh, um, loved it. like metaphors last year <laughs> it's like he had and like he 10 great. kids and last year or something it's just dad <laughs> joke it up yeah <laughs> I mean it's good that he's got that because otherwise I don't like the fact that he's like hard for baseball like it's easy to hate Scott Boris for what he does as an agent and yeah, it's and that's what baseball hard to the hate players ha- need. Scott Boris for his attitude because he just has that screw you all like I'm getting my guy paid attitude yep. and he's I don't think, perfect. And yeah, he does not have qualifying. Offer. So, so Marwin has a qualifying offer. Uh, his last contract was four million. He does not have a qualifying offer. I did not extend. I'm sorry. Did not extend Gonzalez to seventy point nine. So he's much easier to get by. Uh, his 2017 was pretty damn good with 144 way runs created and last year was only 104 but he's uh he's only 29 he can play a bunch of positions and that way bud black can do all those crazy like pitching changes and you know double switch the hell out of it here's my issue with the marwin thing is that i'm worried that he's just going to be the starting right fielder for the entire year if you sign him because like Mm. the way that he should be used is in ben zobris fashion like Call, like giving Addison Russell a day off at shortstop, giving, or, or I guess at second base, um, you know, giving the right fielder a day off and that sort of thing. Like if, if the Rockies are going to look at Marwin Gonzalez and say, that's our starting second baseman, you're not going to have a good time with that contract because he's going to demand, he's probably going to get from the Rockies, and I hate to say this, but my contract prediction for the Rockies, Marwin, is four that. years... 56 million. Uh, like, wow. Four I, years? They're definitely going to overpay this guy. Oh, God. It changes everything. Like, I. How old is he? Uh, like Jack 30. So He's not a four you, year contract guy. When you talk about them sticking him in second base, too, it's something you can fully see Bud Black doing, like signing him. And, like, when they signed Desmond, they talked about him playing first, but playing a range of positions. And Desmond plays first that's base. Like, that's just all he does and so you could fully see them signing marlon gonzalez him sticking at second and then hampson just riding the pine going by the going by the way i mean yeah anything we can do to screw ryan mcmahon over right right (laughs) (laughs) well hopefully mcmahon is hopefully they i mean like we were talking about earlier that glaring thing that's just looking him right in the face with the platoon hopefully they'll see that this year i mean i know that if if every if every random person that looks at fan graphs can look at this and go holy cow that's a big split you would think that the rockies would be able to see it too but they haven't yet or 
Desmond has incriminating pictures of him. Him and Vileka shared them, I think. <laughs> so uh, that's the thing. If there's no Pat Vileka this I mean, year, just have Marvin Gonzalez take that place and just double switch okay. the hell out of it in, like, the seventh inning. And, you know... So How, what's his clutch score? The thing with Marwin is, I mean, is we say that we, there's no Pat Blake, the Rockies, but Pat Blake made the playoff roster. Him, they had to have watched him play for Don't, Houston. Oh right. God! So, oh, Jose Altuve was hurt. Why'd you have to? He played uh, second base. Uh, Carlos Correa was hurt. He played shortstop. Yes, I understand that. That's not my point. My point is, is the Rockies see that the Astros, the team that, in my for my money, Badly. is the best run organization in baseball. Put him at second base, shortstop, left field, right field, first base. How, if you're wanting to sign that guy, you're wanting to say, wow, the best run organization in baseball is using this guy at five different positions. We want him to play five different positions. If you're watching, <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't under. I just don't understand what your motivation for signing him is watching him play. You could, you could have him on the bench. The if you're not going to do the same thing. <laughs> Where does Pat Valakum get his playing time then? Because he's not Pat Valaka. Because he's not Pat Valaka. And you know, David Dahl, God rest his soul, he hopefully will be alive and well for at least four months. Um, so Marwin's um, high leverage average last year was 283 and the year before he batted 394 in high leverage situations so in 41 plate this appearances. This is the guy. Nolan Asso, in 2015 he had 356 in uh, 46 plate appearances. They can't. You so can't. He he's not a bad idea to get as a bench bat for late inning stuff. He's I mean he wouldn't be a bad bench bat but hopefully they're not going to do the contract they do because the I mean the, the contract yeah, is going to be I don't I think Jack I think you're a little high. Just and high there, but it's not going to be small either. So you're not going to pay him as a bench guy. I could see his. I, I could see his paying like somewhat close to the money Jack was talking about. Um, yeah. Maybe like five less, but just for only three years, just to get out of the contract. So like you could see forty like forty two million dollars for three years. Yeah, I could see that. It's I thirteen. Could, I could see that definitely. It's it's not good. I mean, Para was going to be making that and. I mean, Marwin's got more potential than than Para, at least. No, unless unless and I, I mean, I, I'd be fully. I could see a forty-two million for three years, and I would be I, no part of me would criticize that contract. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, if they started, if he was our starting everyday second baseman, then yeah, maybe you're complaining. I mean, he could play a lot of places. He could even play in the outfield which I think we need to have another discussion about, but we're going to take a couple seconds to collect ourselves. So we'll see you in a little bit. So concerning the outfield, there are, there's a big glaring hole that you need to take care of. And one is that uh, currently your starting right fielder for next year is Rymel Tapia. Um, so if you don't want that, and I don't want that, um, you got to look for other options. And also you need to move Charlie into left field, which means David Dahl, made of glass, is now your center fielder. So you need one, maybe two outfielders. Um, first major option is uh, A.J. Pollock, who is a 
person. No, he is he's a center he's a fielder that has a lot of injury tendencies. Um, he has a qualifying offer attached. He's probably going to reject. His contract's probably going to be four years, $60 million. He's great. He has no splits, but that is the problem is you have both David Dahl and A.J. Pollock. You can create a nice little injury platoon out of them um, <laughs> if you really want to. Um, but I have a different idea and a better idea and one that uh, the Rays may have uh, screwed up for us yesterday, which is, Jack's hot is takes. Kevin Kiermeyer available? Because Jack's hot takes. This is this is my hot take is that the number one priority this offseason should one. be trying to get Kevin Kiermeyer. And I know number one. they're gonna ask number one. You're dead number serious. one. I'm dead serious. They're because if you can't get Grundall, you need to come away with Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, he is on an amazingly cheap contract, four years, forty two million, and he's got a club option for thirteen million in his fifth year. Club option. I'm telling you, he's got a fantastic contract. But other than that, he is an elite defender. Um, he had a year, like, a few years ago where he had 42 DRS uh, and a couple more recent years with less than that. Um, his last year was injury-hampered, but he is a god. He hits left-handed, um, which kind of sucks because you don't really need more of those uh, left-handed outfielders. But if the Rays come to me and they say, hey, will you give us... Brendan Rodgers for Kevin Kiermaier. I say yes. They say, will you give us Kevin Kiermaier and Lambert? I say probably not. But my point is, if you have the ability to get Kevin <laughs> Kiermaier, you do it. And especially now that they've acquired Guillermo Heredia, who is a center fielder, and the Rays believe he's elite. That's um, what they said. He's making I don't understand. He's making $550,000 a year. Kevin Kiermaier is making eight figures. Um, and in race speak, that means you need to be off of my team in <laughs> pronto. Uh, so Kevin Kiermaier. And you've also got a couple other corner outfield options if you really want to stick David Dahl or Rymel Tapia in center. Um, and that would be uh, kind of uh, McCutcheon, who's probably going to get you know, three years, 42 million. Brantley, who's probably going to get the same thing. So those are your options. No. McCutcheon's you not think? a center fielder. No, he's a corner outfielder. He w- he would definitely be your new right fielder. So, if you say to John, make you say, you know who's kind of like Kevin Kiermaier, but like not as good of a hitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. John, you're supposed to say you're supposed to say Yayo since it's your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would, I mean, I would totally be down with seeing Kiermaier play center fielder at Coors. It would be. It would be interesting to see somebody who is legitimately like excellent defensively in center try to take on Coors. <clears throat> I've mentioned before that the only uh, Rocky center fielder to ever put up a, a positive DRS while cool. playing at least half their games in center fielder was Corey Sullivan of all. Yeah, people. the Peter um, Ranch guy. <laughs> only one. It's in a Peter Ranch franchise. Guy. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's he's <laughs> a Peter Ranch. It would be. It would be really. I, I would love to watch and see what happens to have a guy that it is would be fun to a watch. Great center fielder, but take on that. I'm not job. convinced, even before the Malik Smith trade, that he's available. Zach, uh, my dog like being all over me. Yes, you yeah. take that back. Watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. I, that's why I got. John the sloppy smothered as we speak. <laughs> Zach, Kevin Kiermaier for Brendan Rodgers. No. No. He said no. no. You mans. No. 
man. You say no? I, I get the Kiermaier, and I like the Kiermaier. I just feel like Rodgers has got to get us some some offense or something. And I know now this is when you guys say your other thing about he, okay. center field defense, so go ahead. It's implied. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't even need to say that. And and I'll, I'll, I'll say what John was going to say. Even if you have a league average bat, which yeah, Kevin Kiermaier does, and as elite defense, you're probably a three or four win player. But besides that, the only time he has ever had a weighted runs created plus below 100 was this past year, and that's because he was super injured. Um, and he doesn't have that. No, he totally does have that. Track record. Uh, and now you're throwing what? him in the biggest outfield, <laughs> and now he's going to run every day. Did you, oh. did you love when you go to? Don't you love when you go to make a point and then you look at Fangraphs and you're like, oh no. He totally has runs last year. games in all, all but one of his seasons. But listen, it was Just 78. One. Okay. He's not no, David no, Dahl. But that's one year. He's not David Dahl. <laughs> and he averages like 95, guys. Yeah. His career, his career WRC plus is 101. He is a league average bat and the best center fielder in the game, point blank, period. It is not Ooh. Billy Hamilton, although I would be glad to have him. But it, it, if you get the opportunity to have him and they say, we want Brendan Rodgers, I say, when? How soon do you want him? Can I put him in first class? How soon do you need him there? How soon do you want him? Yeah, apparently. You get, you get there faster. I mean, technically, about like two game. minutes. Yeah. I send, I send him on the Concord. He's, uh, I, 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 I don't I think a rocket ship ship's faster. I find the fastest way the to get him over here. And Kev, well, I don't, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm using colorful and artistic language to explain my passion <laughs> for Kevin Kiermaier. Passion for Kevin Kiermaier. Is that a problem? <laughs> no, he, <laughs> and he might not cost that. I don't know if he costs Brendan Rodgers. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. The Rays want to get rid of him and he, he costs eight, $8 million. And there's like no other teams looking for center fielders right now. I mean, uh, the, the, uh, I think it's the Mariners. The Mariners Diamondbacks, just got Malik Smith. Who aren't really going to make a have, splash for Kevin Kiermaier, nor can they. He definitely is. Yeah, they just got Malik Smith, who is definitely not a center fielder. He's going to be for Seattle. This is a team that played D Gordon in center field. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they don't give a shit. So point is the, that like, the other the person is, out there like, who's not as good... Um, who doesn't require a trade, who there's no way the Rockies going to sign is I say AJ Pollock. No way. There's no way? Uh, yeah, there's definitely a way. It's just the question of, like, are the Phillies going to stick their nose in there and offer him $150 million? Because I would not put the past That's if they miss out on Bryce Harper and contract that they gave Santana. Very. But other... And he's, yeah, he's I'd say there's a 20% chance If you're going to sign Pollock, it... Cannot. I would love a one-year prove-it type deal with AJ Pollock. He probably wouldn't go for it. But well, I th- I'm I'm of the mind that I think he, he will. Just I, he will. And nobody's said he will, but I'm of the mind I think he will. But if he doesn't, I think you're looking at like three years at like fifteen million a piece or eighteen million a piece, somewhere in that range. I could yeah, totally do I that. I would do it too. But Boom. Done. I just think with his injury history, it's going to just kill his value. But 15 for Pollock, even if he's injured, I do it. The thing about Pollock is that, like, he has a massive ceiling if you can keep him 
not injured. And the Diamondbacks haven't Josh really Lane. been good at not keeping they their players injured. They haven't been good at not keeping um, their players whereas injured. Whereas the Rockies have... They've been good at keeping their players injured. Difference, but like last they year, it. they got decimated. <laughs> make, sure, make sure this guy's hurt, <laughs> No. <laughs> God. <laughs> I, it did seem for a couple years like the Rockies training staff was... Mm off somehow <clears throat> and i mean you can certainly you can certainly see that with teams that like the mets training staff is satire at this point and <laughs> it felt like the rockies were there for a while too as far as keeping guys healthy and everything like that but it did feel like maybe we got lucky this year maybe something was different our injuries Manageable. this year felt like we was like DJ a lot of bullets yeah technically cargo and trevor but trevor wasn't like a strain Trevor almost had Tommy John for like yeah, a day. Yeah, Trevor was the oh no, and then oh. Or maybe they were actually uh, good at being but, bad. So you know, like um, Mike Dunn and and um, Brian Shaw. I guess Mike Dun- Mike Dunn yeah, was one of our. Was it really an injury? <laughs> so Ian Desmond up. is due for one of those. <laughs> so messed up. Was he just yeah? Was this a Stupid hey you're Ian bad? Desmond I'm, so messed up. I'm just gonna. It's only Nancy Ian Desmond who was injured. <laughs> My man said Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan. That's so much stuff. Jack's eighties takes. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, was Jack even alive for the club? That was like, like, like ninety. Zach's incorrect years. It was in the. Um, it was in the nineties. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would be curious to see if 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 we if we bring on a guy that has a. Can we talk about Tapia for a second? Healthy because we Tapia? did well. He's international slot money. Dude. I don't think the, or, the organization Dumb. just doesn't trust him. That's all he is. He's not international. He's never, guys, never going to get that. And he's one. Of them. <laughs> Everyone is international slot and then, money. And I guess the last <laughs> thing in the center field corner, my lukewarm take is just let Ben Hampson try, in like. Let Ben Hampson try ben in like Hampson, January, super player. hard, and ben. if he's actually good, <laughs> just do it, and then, and then we can talk about how else we'd spend the money because we wouldn't have to spend money on a center fielder. Garrett Hampson to get to Ben. What player are you mixing? Garrett up Hampson. With? Your por- your portmanteau of somebody's name and Ben Garrett Hampson. <laughs> uh, and Garrett Hampson, he's played like. Pretty much no outfield in the minors, but he has played the outfield in the minors, and, that's, and he, that's he your has question. speed for it. It's just if the plan for it. say they go out to try and get a Pollock and, or any other defensive center fielder, mm-hmm. and they just flat miss out on it, and they have to get they have to put Dahl in center field. Maybe you can start Hampson down in AAA, have McMahon be your second baseman for the start, and just make Hampson play AAA down mm-hmm. in Albuquerque. And just test it out, and then see if you can make a trade for a center fielder later during the season. Mm. But I, I think that's like Plan J or something. That's way down the line. How? What's what is Ian Desmond's arm? Yeah, it's not terrible. Grade wise, he well, was said left to have a cannon in a shortstop. If push came, if push. If push came to shove, like you could still play Hampson at second, play McMahon at first. I to remember put Desmond and left. We know Dawkins kind of plays right. 
or other way, other way around. Excuse me, Desmond and Wright and uh, Hampson played a full uh, three innings so far. So three innings, no errors. Sounds good. Well, never gonna error. Error. no errors ever. That's what I like. I'm pretty sure he played some center field with Texas that one year. Yeah, he's yeah. Desmond's there was like thirty. Desi's arm is. Desmond has played 133 innings at center field in his career. Excuse me, he's played 1,136 innings, and he was graded as a let's see minus four DRS, so just a little bit below average, and a point one or 0.5 UZR. So he's basically an average defender in center field. So that's not a bad idea if... Yes. Is he that he's small? He's an average was defender in center years field in ago. Texas, though. Yeah. What's he going yeah, to be? I'm what, just saying it's not the of, worst how idea. How far does that average point? His arm's okay, but, I mean, anything's better than black. His bat... Desmond's bat would play better at center field. But you, you can still put... You can still put Desmond in right. No, I'm just saying it's an option that's left. available. You don't if have to play Desmond. We miss out field. on literally every target. And that way, if Desmond was in center field, in the, the, at least his way around yeah, creative would be a little his bit His bat better. will play a lot better at center field. <laughs> the thing that sucks is that if you miss out on AJ Pollock. And you miss, and Kiermaier isn't available, which would break my heart. Uh, your choices really fall off the deep end. Like, you jump right from tier one to tier 23. Like, there's Austin Jackson, John Jay, and Adam Jones as your center fielder headliners. And Adam Jones had like 19, minus 19 DRS in center field. So he's not even like capable of playing that. So, unless you want like literally John Jay as your center fielder, you've either got to go all in for Pollock. Or you gotta figure, you, you gotta trust Dahl to be healthy, which or, is hilarious. Or I mean, play play Tapia there. I mean, there's I I, I know the organization that has some sort of issue with him, but he's been all right when they have used him. He's made some dumb decisions, and you can argue whether like that bunt last year was his call or Black's call. But he's he's not a bad baseball player. He just makes mental mistakes and has his strengths, and they don't use. And well, you also have to yeah, put in like the organization makes really does. stupid decisions sometimes, and maybe Chuck goes and says, "Hey, I was injured last year. I'm fine this year. Give me three months." I would. And I mean, back to your point of them making stupid decisions. It that could be maybe we're seeing it as the organization doesn't trust Tapia when the truth of it is they're just making a bad decision with Tapia. I mean, look at what they did with McMahon last year. Do you remember yep. when Tapia yep. was yep. more yep. or less yep. ready yep. and then they signed Para? And then Para was literally <laughs> was historically times, terrible in 2016. <laughs> so, yeah. That's bad. <laughs> so, Jack, with the sum of all those parts, what's your wish list for the offseason? Well, obviously Kevin Kiermaier. So, okay, if we're operating under the assumption that you have $30 million to spend, I'm going to go... So I'm going to take that. So he's owed $10 million in 2019. I'm going to go Kiermaier first. And then I'm saying you have to put all the chips. You just got to put them all forward for Grandal. Uh, if you have the opportunity to get the catcher that is way better than any other catcher on the market and doesn't cost you prospects, except the pick, you do it. 
So that puts you, I'm going to assume he gets 468. So 17 million. Uh, and then you go, I go Matt Adams um, as kind of an insurance policy because Brian McMahon hasn't really shown you a ton. Um, so I think you get him. And if not, you have left-handed pop off of the bench. That's where he played with the Nats and the Cardinals, and he was good there. So I'm going Grandal, Kiermaier, Adams. Solves all three problems. Mm. Grandal, Kiermaier, Adams. Um, just to clarify, too, we're operating on the assumption that the Rockies aren't going to sign any pitching. Because they just they don't can't. Really need to sign any pitching. So. Yeah, I know we were going to do that next. I just don't think you need to spend any money on pitching. I like our rotation. I think that Chris Russin can be that left-handed reliever that you were looking for all the way up until September. Um, and I don't think Tony Sip is going to be markedly better than Sam Howard. So if you need to sign a, if you need a left-handed pitcher, just grab one from AAA. Musgrave was pretty serviceable. Which also means Ottavino yeah. is gone. Goodbye. That's a story for another day. Zach, what's um, your offseason I would love list? Grandal, um, but I don't think we're going to get it. If anymore. we were to get Grandal, what do you um, think his average annual salary would be? Okay. I think Jack's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that years. Is, if not more. Even. So this is what was my question was I mean, going to be after that. If Grandal said, years. I've got 18 from the Red Sox on the board, I've got 16 from the Angels on the board, will you do 20 a year? I know. No, you, you can't. Do, I you're still not doing do 20, it. Zach? The um, okay. I've read an article. Okay. That's can't that's. 20, I'm just that's gauging interest on how badly you want. Jack, you said twenty. Um, I was just going to say that my, I've read my thought process that is he's, he's going to get paid twenty. Going to use all oh. of these contenders needing a catcher against, and make, yeah. He, he, he get more than twenty. Leverage, if totally he got into it. a bidding war with like the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and what's another? Yeah, Astros. Astros. Astros give him twenty three. They have like no. They've got no yeah. money on the books. Uh, they're saving up for like Not no, but Correa and um, Bregman and all them. Right. Um, so I really. That I don't believe that at all. Well, the I, Dodgers I are going to stay below that. the luxury tax. I don't so, believe that for a second. <laughs> You know, the other thing is, like, Mike Dunn is expected to be healthy by spring training. How effective will he be, though? So. <laughs> Mike Dunn is going to give up 30 homers next year. I do not yeah, think we're gonna, the we're guy. Yeah, but we're going to close him, though. You know we are. You know we are. So, anyway, oh, back so to right. what I wanted. Um, I don't think we're going to go into I'd actually think I'd be okay with Chirinos. I'd be okay with Adams. And I'd be okay with Marwin Gonzalez um, because we're not going to get Pollock. And then I think we'll just, we're not going to spend all $30 million. We're just going sit, to sit tight and then try to save some money like we did last year so we can give Nolan okay. a little bit extra each year. Tributera, baby. Or so we could just not so dumb. Oh, oh, why can't we just sign them? <laughs> oh, my God. But, Damn. Zach, this is about Damn what Murphy. you want, just right? Why not? All right, so, Jason, what's what's your offseason? 
I also don't think we're going to get Grandall for various reasons. I don't think he necessarily would come to Colorado. I don't think that we'd pay him enough. Um, so if we get somebody like Real- Wilson Ramos or Robinson Chirinos, uh, I'd be happy with that. I would love to see Brandon Bell play first base. Um, everything we talked about with his hard hit rate, with his fly ball percentage, he doesn't fly out to the infield. Um, and what he does would clearly play well at Coors. Like, like he's a good hitter at a park where the way he hits isn't necessarily the best way to do it, and he still produces. So I would love to see Brandon Belt. Um, a guy like Chirinos or Ramos I'd be fine with. You still need to address center field. Um, personally, I still want Tapia to get that chance, but if Tapia isn't going to get that chance, I don't really know where you go from there. I don't know how much Kutch is going to make. Um, I think he's very up in the air. You could probably afford him, though, um, but I don't think that he would really solve that problem because then you'd still have Dahl playing center. Um, ultimately, my the two players that are on the wish list with then let's see where the chips land would be uh, either Ramos or Trinos and Brandon Belt playing first. I would I would love everything about Brandon Belt playing first from a baseball love standpoint the and from a stick, the Giants. stick it to the Giants standpoint. All right, so uh, somebody <laughs> that we have not mentioned yeah. that what is you, for John? sure available this offseason and has been for many offseasons is Billy Hamilton of the Cincinnati Reds. He is terrible offensively, and I totally get that, but the man has elite defense. He's going to come at like right around $6 million. You're not going to have to give up any noteworthy prospect for him. And I just think he'd be so perfect for Coors Field with his hitting. He could get a lot of, he won't hit a ton, but when he does, he's going to be able to get a lot of leg doubles that would be singles to most people. He's going to get a lot of triples in San Francisco, a lot of doubles in LA. The man is built for DNL West. Cheap, won't cost much. Prospect wise, that solves center field defense. I think you go and you get Kurt Suzuki, one year, five million. So uh, we've, I've spent eleven million now. I think Marwin Gonzalez is a foregone conclusion at this point. So I'm just going to throw him in there at thirteen million dollars. So that puts us at twenty four. And then for the last six, I think you hold it and see what you need for the trade deadline or you try and find somebody whose value has just cratered this offseason. I don't know who that person would be. But if you could find someone who's been shunned out by and by spring training doesn't have a job, I don't know who that person would be, but find them. Uh, I think the Braves are hot on Brantley. They're Markakis fixer. Hey, Markakis could be $6 million, and I wouldn't hate it if he was our fourth outfielder. Mm-hmm. I think we already have enough that fourth outfielders. I just... God, if, if Desmond yes. was fourth Desmond outfielder, is. I wouldn't even hate that. But you know he's going to play 150 games. I think it, it sounds like Marwin's on his way. So if you sign Marwin and you do the smart thing with Desmond and Marwin just basically playing any position, I, I think you're fine. I don't think you have to commit to either one of them playing a certain position or playing a certain amount of games. You've got center field wrapped up in my situation with Billy Hamilton. You don't even have to worry about it. Billy Hamilton doesn't have any injury history. He just plays center field at an elite level. What if we put put Hanson in center in the the minor league, and then we just have McMahon and Marwin and Desmond 
just do like a three-way like first and second. Actually, that's perfect because thing. then you could give Hampson a ton of time in center field, and then Billy Hamilton's gone after twenty nineteen. Groom him. Yeah, and that way you get McMahon sometimes, get Marwin sometimes, then teach Ian Desmond to play second base, and it wouldn't be that hard. And I mean, he was a shortstop. He would be a fine second baseman. He was bad shortstop. Yes. And then, and then every time he makes a play at second base, Goodman can say, "See, I told you he'd play second. <laughs> Some people were questioning if he could play first base defensively. No, nobody was questioning that. <laughs> No, literally yeah. nobody was. Everybody you know, was asking why he was going to play well, first. Well, now I want Belt more because, like, you know, that one or two or three extra scoops by Belt. If, Nato, but, if we if we got a Brandon Belt, there's there's no earthly way I even Bud Black would play Belt. Ian Desmond a ton of games at first. Right, and then you get your story and your Nato, like like whatever, just sling it over. You're yeah. covered. <laughs> you better hold my beer, says Bud Black. <laughs> Dude, I could live with Ian Desmond playing 140 yeah. games in right field if Brandon Bell was your first baseman. Or, or, or 140 games just kind of all over the place if Brandon Bell is your first baseman and yeah. you don't have Marlon Gonzalez. I think, I think, the, I think if, Brandon Bell... So I'll add one thing. If we end up not signing Marlon Gonzalez, I hope that money goes to McCutcheon. I would love... I would he's, love McCutcheon uh, in right field, of course. Three years, I think he would, he's, 15 million. hasn't played a ton of innings in right field, the same amount of innings that Ian Desmond played in center, but he's been league average defensively in right field, and that's great. I know this I know this is all like a wish list, but I, I, I'm having a really hard time. I, I just don't feel like they're going to sign I feel like that's the, that's the place that I feel the most confident in is they'll sign an outfielder. Only thing... There's no way they don't come out of this offseason with an outfielder because right now your fourth outfielder is Mike Talkman. Well, there if you could just no if you could just have Desmond just play the Didn't outfield, Mike Talkman end up having right. that bad? Yeah, he was like the PCL didn't, player didn't of the Talkman month in like July or August. And Josh Fuentes, uh, Nolan's cousin, won PCL MVP. Yeah. I don't know. So. Possibly. Cool. That's our future. Well. That's yeah. our future first baseman, depending yeah. on what... There's a lot of things up in the air, because it is only November, like or whatever date it is. Eighth. And no. November no. 8th. No. It's McMahon no. International. It's just no. Tapia, Jordan John Patterson, and I don't even Joe remember the third person I've been saying. <laughs> Je- no, it's not Jeff Hoffman. John Gray. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Jeff Hoffman. Swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna pick everyone Everybody that has like on that, not been the given rest of a this fair shot. Don't loves call to hate. international money. Right. I'm I. There are users on no, our sub. Really like see John Gray like pitch. <laughs> I would like to see John Gray pitch like two months in Japan, just because I feel like the that'd man, be really interesting. Is it weird that we I don't have a single player is. or coach on the that, this Japan series roster? Yeah, there's only like three teams or something that don't have a player, and we're one of them. So, well, I think the GM meetings are happening or have happened, and the winter meetings are coming yeah, up. Yeah, we'll so see what the wish lists turn out we'll to be. Actually, maybe have yeah. more than just our bad speculation. Bad speculation <laughs> <and> hot takes. <laughs> so, 
Somebody will have they'll, they'll have. they'll be one good. Watch spe- it be Kevin uh, Kiermaier. Speculation out of us, I would imagine, and then three people that are going. God, well, it's Kevin Kiermaier. <laughs> Dude, if oh my god, Jack's hot text. We just have to rename the podcast. Oh yes, Jack's hot text. Yes, Jack's oh, hot I text. love Joey Gallo. And <laughs> Joey Gallo. No that's my hot take. It'd be crazy. It's not going to happen. Yes. I want the I want the other Joey uh, with the no at the end of his. Well, game. we're all going to have interesting <laughs> dreams about what could Joey be, and then we'll all wake up and realize that we signed Marwan Gonzalez for twenty million dollars for five years. Oh god! Extended Ian Desmond <laughs> and extended Ian Desmond. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> if any of that happens, catch Everybody it next time. Yeah. All right, guys, good talking to you. Stars, we're in a purple, we're